You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Greetings, carbon-based units. Alan Seiler. Hello, bags of mostly water. Veronica Daschle. (laughs) (laughs) That's a greeting. (laughs) And joining us today is Justin T. Lee. Welcome to the show, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. I didn't have a, a feature or nomad prepared um, <laughs> quote. But, you never um, know what they're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I should have come more prepared, but thank you for having me. Thanks for joining well, us on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got the Excelsior here, so there's my contribution. That's, That's right. I, I stuck this here just so that it would be in frame. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and now you're joining us from Gazelle Automations. Yes. So tell uh, us a little bit about what, what Gazelle Automations is. Well, I guess uh, like you guys, we're, we're puppeteers, um, mm-hmm. and so we make stuff with puppets and model miniatures and um, and animation from time to time. But that's kind of what we've been uh, what we've been doing here. That's awesome, and, and most of our our viewers will know you from the recent you know uh, animated series style videos from the Next Generation and Voyager, translating them into the Next Generation. I knew of you already through uh, Mikshi. Oh, and cool! The other work that you've been doing, Veronica That's and I awesome. perform here in Atlanta as felt nerdy. So we're I sort of follow along with anyone who's doing puppets around and practical practical effects. So we're we're into absolutely. Um, it's not a whole bunch of people that, that are doing that kind of stuff, right? So it's always right. great to talk about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how did you get turned into doing uh, the Star Trek, the, the Next Generation? I mean, it was the first one you did in, in the animated series style. Okay, so. It was totally just for fun, obviously, and it was yeah. just um, um, my wife and business partner Lindsay and I are Trek fans, and we've been doing probably the geekiest thing you could do is just we're watching all the Star Trek shows in Stardate order. So, <laughs> nice. absolutely, if we don't get a geek pass for that. I right. mean, it's the geekiest yeah. thing you could possibly do. So, we started with. Um, we started this process years ago, like, as it's taken wow. it's only when we have time to do this. Right. So we don't watch yeah. an episode every day. Sometimes we don't watch an episode every week. So we started uh, way back when, and this was before the new, um, I feel like this is before discovery was on. It was a long time ago. And we started wow. watching TOS and wow. then wow, we okay. just kept going by star date order. And of course, part of that, uh, crossed through the animated series. And then we were mm. in TNG and I had this weird idea for, I guess it's been years now. Wouldn't it be interesting? What would happen if you took, you know, a really memorable or iconic moment of TNG, a very well-known show that is mm-hmm. quite serious, and you imagined it had been done in the 70s by Filmation, which made Star right. Trek the animated series. And the animated right. series is kind of funny because it's like, it is Star Trek. Of course it's Star Trek, and it was made by yeah. the same people. And it's taken seriously, but the style, the music, everything kind of makes it funny yeah. at the same time. So you can watch yeah, yeah. it straight or you can watch it kind of like from the outside and go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so <laughs> I had this idea in my head and I just kept thinking it's just going to be too much work to to do that, to make a little short that's like that. And then it, it just happened that um, Lindsay was out of town. 
her birthday was coming up and I thought, because she kept saying, I want to see this thing. I want to see this thing. And this went on for months and I kept saying, I can't legitimize doing this much work for this ridiculous idea. But then she was out of town. Her birthday was coming up and I actually had a bunch of freelance work that um, didn't happen. So I had this time and I was like, I guess I should just pick at it a little bit. And so I think, I can't remember what the first thing was that I drew and animated, but I sent it to her. She was in England at the time. And she said, you just, you have to finish this. You absolutely have to finish this. Cause I didn't, I didn't make it for her birthday. Like I think I'd finished the first few seconds or something by her birthday, but she was so uh, excited seeing it. And she thought it was kind of simultaneously awesome and hilarious, which was great. So yeah. So then we, um, I just finished it. And then we, I put it up online thinking that maybe a few uh, Star Trek fans might find it kind of fun. Um, yeah, a, a few of them did. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, then I, I was totally not prepared for like, then I, I literally turned off my computer and I walked out into the night and I was like, no more computer. My, you know, my brain is broken. And then the next morning, I, you know, and uh, people were emailing about it and posting about it. And it was really quite uh, unexpected. And, and wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what was the biggest challenge of translating the style of next gen into the style of the animated series? Um, I guess the one thing that really sticks out is the, uh, the next gen is kind of inherently 1980s. I mean, mm. I think all Star Treks are somewhat time agnostic, which is great. You know, it's always yeah. strange seeing the actors out, out of the context of the shows, but they still always <laughs> carry like a, an aspect of the, the time they're made in. So TNG definitely has an 80s, 90s feel. And yeah. TAS obviously carried over the animated series. Obviously carried over the the aesthetic of TOS, so which is like right. a '60s kind of '60s '70s thing. So it was kind of an interesting challenge artistically to take the design of an '80s '90s show and try to put it through a filter of a '60s '70s show. Because mm -hmm. I found certain things really made it look like the '80s '90s, and in order for this to feel right to my eye, it had to look like the '60s and '70s. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. I avoided uh, as much as I absolutely love uh, Okudagrams and the work that Mike Okuda did, all his design yeah. work. I found yeah, yes. that stuff, even though that's quite timeless. I felt it it, it looked a bit too um, slick and modern for for the clunkiness, right. if you will, of the original series and the animated series. Right. Right. So that like I was looking at the animated series and, you know, their computer screens just have a bunch of like colored circles and rectangles and shapes that move around. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do for the computer. <laughs> and even some of the colors on the bridge, like the, the beige, I guess the 80s and 90s were like beige. Yeah. yeah. So like, you, you had to kind of dial back how much beige there was there. So you can see in that, <laughs> that still that was brought up that the doorway and, you know, the computer console, even just kind of in this still, you could kind of see, like, I gave it more of a blue thing because it just right. didn't feel. And, of course, like, the um, the windows are that kind of backlit window yeah. thing yeah. on the ceiling, mm -hmm. you know, obviously should be pink, pinky kind yeah. of thing. Because that's what I feel like the animated series would have done in the 70s. At least that's what right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Justin, Justin, you mentioned colors, and that was actually one thing I was going to ask because you may remember the original series was all kind of weird color issues, like the Kazin with with pink uniforms and stuff like that. So to do this, this your creation, did you punch up or punch down the color palette to do that? Um, I think compared to TNG, the color palette mm -hmm. is kind of punched up. I, I'd yeah. say definitely for the environments, and then the uniforms mm -hmm. themselves are literally color picked from the TAS series so i had the right. blu-ray 
So I was able to kind of go like, let's use the red that they used and the mm. blue that they used, which is why I kind of, because I think TNG had more like burgundy uniforms, which yeah. again was a very yeah. 90s thing. Everything was burgundy <laughs> in the 90s. So the TAS TNG uniforms are more like red, like the, the yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. like the original series or animated series uniforms. Yeah. The the moment that really gets me is the Enterprise D flies by, then you have that beat, and then the sting as the like purple board cube comes behind it. I just love that. I, think I was sold from there on out. Like, yes, they, they, they get it. <laughs> I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved that uh, fellow fans like dug that and got it right yeah. away. Like there were so many comments that said, Oh yeah, this feels like what they would have done in the animated series. Yeah. The board would be pink or purple. Um right. that was mm-hmm. kind of a huge uh, relief that people got it. Um, right. Because sometimes when you come up with something in your own head, it makes total sense to you, but does it make sense to other people? And it was, yeah, that yeah. was very kind of relieving, rewarding, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started this project, you wanted to use an iconic scene from mm-hmm. Next Generation. Um, how did you pick the one that you picked? And what were some of the other ones that you considered? Um, it was always the first and only choice for okay. production. I was just, I just mm. thought, I was like, that's exactly what the, the scene should be is that scene. I, I, th- I think the moment I had this idea, I was like, it's going to be, um, I hope I'm not contradicting something I've said before, but my memory is <laughs> that that was the first and only thing. Because I thought, I thought the Borg are really well known. Even if you don't know Star Trek that well, you know, right. you know people know who Picard is and they know who the Borg are. Right. And, and then there was this, that's a very serious moment when Picard gets abducted, but not so serious. It's not like we're talking about like inner light or something. It's something that's a little bit still <laughs> right. comic booky, if you will. There's, you know, these robotic, um, and, uh, what do you call it? Oh, cyborg. That's the word. Yeah, cyborg <laughs> yeah. people coming <laughs> and attacking the ship. And so there's a little bit kind of comic booky actiony thing. Mm-hmm. And also kind of the idea of what if you took out Ron Jones' amazing score and put in uh, Ray Ellis's, right. um, I would say, equally amazing score, but for a very different reason. <laughs> right. so, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Well, Keith and I are big fans <laughs> of the original animated series score. Love that. Yeah. And we do this thing, just Sorry, Alan, we do this thing where we talk about when they do the and they run, you know, they do this thing with their elbows like this. Yeah, that's what we love it. Yeah. And that was the thing that got me. Like that was the thing that I was like, that's <laughs> the animated yeah. series right there. That very Absolutely. specific run that they do. And yes. Riker takes off to get the, the board <laughs> and does that run. And I'm like, that's it. But it is so talk awesome. About, talk about some of the other details that you added in to make it feel like uh, the original series, because there are some very specific things that you, that you kind of have to have to make it original series. And if, you don't really maybe notice them, but if they're not there, they're noticeable by their absence. Um, overhead mm-hmm. bridge shot. The uh, TAS exactly. had that a lot. Um, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's a shot that, I, that we don't get um, a lot on TOS. I feel like I remember it in the cage, like that where it comes in mm-hmm. over, the camera comes over, but it doesn't really happen that often in the live action show. And I don't think you ever see, um, someone's going to correct me, but I don't think you ever see this in <laughs> TNG, the overhead shot, and certainly not in Voyager. So it's a very TAS mm-hmm. thing to show the top of the bridge like that. And then they would, yeah. you know, just zoom in and out, you know, yeah. on, on ones, you know, animating <laughs> that bridge shaking like that. So that was something that I thought had to be in there. And then, of course, um, and, we, you know, 
we are genuine fans of TAS because Lindsay and I were actually rewatching what episode was it? Oh, more tribbles, more troubles. And yeah. you can see in that episode that they, they have um, that elevator, the elevator door always has that problem. Sometimes they forget to put the cell on and sometimes they put the cell on, but it's not in the right place. So it's kind of, you know, <laughs> so I thought definitely the elevator has to be open. When Picard stands up, if you look in behind him, you can see the elevator, the turbo lift is open because it's just a, you know, common, and I get it, you know, they were animating at some, you know, they were photographing those cells at some speed. They needed to yeah. get the episode out and they would just probably mm. forget or say, who cares about putting that red yeah. cell on there. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's, there's one other detail that I really love and it's, and I should have gotten a, a, a screen grab of that overhead shot. But at the con and ops position, you have data at one station, but then the other one where you in the animated series might have Commander Eric's, we have. It's a, it's a Kazinti. It's, Kazinti. I don't want to say, yeah, I don't want to say which Kazinti, but it is a Kazinti. <laughs> and um, that, that was a very last minute. So it's not even, I, I, I want to rewatch that scene in Best of Both Worlds. Data and, and Wesley are not even, neither of them are at the front. It's mm -hmm. two random people. And yeah. so I figured I almost had finished um, animating or putting the whole thing together. And I was about to post it and export it for, for upload. And then I thought, oh, it just doesn't seem right to have all these humans. I mean, we had Worf at the back, but otherwise they're all humans. And it wouldn't, you know what came into my head? I listened to this interview with Walter Koenig. Um, it was the Mission Log podcast. They were talking to Walter Koenig about writing for TAS. And he said mm. that Gene Roddenberry kept saying, you're not exploiting the, the medium of animation. You're not exploiting it enough. Yeah. You wanted, what did he yeah. say, talking Brussels sprouts? Because I think in, <laughs> in that episode he wrote, there are these like talking Brussels sprouts, right? Exactly. Gene, right. Yeah, Gene Roddenberry was apparently obsessed with you know making sure they exploited the medium of animation. So I thought, well, these are all drawn. Why don't I put an alien that would have been pretty much impossible for a live action show to do? And the Gazinti are just such funny looking characters um and yeah, i know lower decks has done a joke about because there there is a kazinti in starfleet in that in an episode of lower mm -hmm. decks and they did a little joke with that so i thought this is the perfect species to put there they just kind of look like they're big and hunched over and they've got you know mm -hmm. cat yeah. paws and tail and everything yeah and that's yeah. the funny thing i think you say about that because my favorite episode the entire uh, original and the animated series is the slaver web with mm -hmm. the kazinti but there was, you know, there was a problem with somebody was colorblind or something. Because you're right, there are these, there's seven, eight, nine foot cats, and they're still, If you read Larry uh, Larry Niven's work, they're incredibly fierce, but they're in pink uniforms and that and that show. And you're mm -hmm. right, they don't quite look as menacing as we know them to be. So I thought that was a good capture of them from that. Yeah, I'm I'm glad at the very last minute. I mean, yeah, it was just a. I'm I'm glad I thought of that because I was like, it just looked wrong. The bridge looked wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and the Slaver Weapon is a really fun episode. My my favorite TS episode it. is is Yesteryear. Um, yes, just oh, yeah. yeah, it's the one that makes you cry. Like you, you yeah. know, yeah. it's it's the animated series, but it's like it gets so serious, and it's about <laughs> you know a father and son relationship, and mm. you know someone being Spock being there for himself, like as a young you know adolescent growing up and trying to figure out the world like it's yeah yeah you know really gets you in the feels that episodes anyway yeah <laughs> so what inspired you after you had accomplished this thing with tng you then did it again with a voyager scene yeah. what made you want to do a second one uh i didn't want to do a second one at first <laughs> okay it was, was so much work doing the first one right um 
and but I, I think because a lot of the comments on YouTube and on Twitter and social media and all that kind of thing, people kept saying, let's see another one, let's see another one. And I thought, <laughs> well, okay, that might be fun. If it's going to be fun for me to do, then I'll consider doing another one. But I, I you know, people, I did some right. podcasts and interviews after TNG came out and they kept asking me what's next. And I genuinely was answering saying, I, I don't know if I'm going to do another one or if, right. you know, but I thought about it for probably a week or something. And I thought if I can think of something that's going to keep me entertained enough and interested enough, then I'll do it. Um, and as it happens, I picked something that was going to take more time. It was going to be yeah. much longer. <laughs> and then I was really busy with my, my day job. So like there was, it was, this was a way more kind of like I was trying to find time at night. And mm. while I was, you know, um, so it became way harder to do the Voyager one in every respect. Um, mm. But it's, it's my own fault because I picked this sequence that was much longer (laughs) but i wanted to do the whole like i was like if it's worth gonna it's gonna be worth doing the whole thing i should start from you know janeway in the hallway um running into uh mutant tom paris or uh, evolved tom paris what are you gonna call him uh, all the way to them finding the babies on the planet i I was like it has to be the whole thing right um and so that was my own fault I got to say, not saying this because you're here, but honestly, Alan just put this up. If you didn't know better, it 100% looks like that would have that came from the 70s. Cool. Uh, the, the eyebrow, the eyes, it because like Alan, I have watched the animated series. I watched it when it first came out. Um, and actually, I watch it a lot when I'm at work. And so it cool. 100% looks like that. So you absolutely captured. And, wh- and one thing I want to uh, compliment you on, too, is you can tell the difference between someone poking fun at something and someone mm-hmm. giving a loving a loving homage to something. Yeah, and, right. Because we, we could spend an hour talking about all the flaws. Like there's the episode where Commander Kyle or Kyle is at the transporter. He's got a mustache. And then yes, he doesn't. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then the slaver weapon. Um Kirk is talking, or oh, no, Spock is, is talking, but it's Sulu being shown. Yes. So you can make fun <laughs> yeah. of it, but I, but we all still love it. So there's a difference yeah. between poking fun of it and doing a loving homage, which I think you've done. And, that, and you well, pulled thank, that off. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And that was exactly what we were going for. It was, mm. you know, it was a, it's an homage. It's, a, we're, it's just a celebration of Star Trek and kind of like how mm-hmm. cool Star Trek mm-hmm. is. So, no, I absolutely... I, re- I I love the animated series and Lindsay loves the yeah. animated series. We like without irony, we just love it. I mean, it's funny yeah. as you said, but we love it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, we love here. it too. Um, I've got a side by side here, right. a comparison. So, um, how long did it take from start to finish, animation and everything? How long did this take to complete? I think this one took. If I was to do like full work days, it was probably like three weeks, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little wow. longer. Yeah. Mm. And it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I take it as a compliment that many comments say it looks just as budget as, as the animated series. And it's a compliment. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, of course, it was budget for Filmation to do because they had all these assets that they were reusing. Right. I yeah. was building all the assets from zero. So it took, you know, a long time to draw the inside of the, the Cochrane, which is what you're seeing here, the shuttle, or yeah. to draw the characters. And, um, and it was also my mission with this project, which I didn't do for TNG to depict every single series regular right, in this right. story. So that meant, right. including Jerry Ryan, I wanted everybody to be shown. So mm-hmm. if you watch the actual scene, you know, you don't see Torres and you don't see Neelix. And I was like, I want to kind of have one opportunity at least to show everybody yeah. Um, yeah. in TAS form, which is even why when they're in the sick bay, um, 
you have Tom Paris's kind of like file photo up is because I thought, oh, there's a great opportunity to kind of show what he would look like. <laughs> and he's not muta- mutated. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Mark McCrae, the author of The Best Saturdays of Our Lives. And if you're not listening to our podcast, then you're missing out on amazing interviews with Larry Houston, Tom Tatawanovich, Keone Young, Michael Swanigan, Ned Hastings, Bill Gallier, Dan Gilvazan, Rob Lamb, and so many others. Kick back and let Dan Clink and I peel back the curtain on the animation industry. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast can be found on the ESO Network and all podcasting platforms. Um, we've only got about 10 minutes with you. Mm. So uh, before we leave, I want to bring up the, the, the new series that you are working on. And uh, season one is complete and is out in the world. And it's called Meekshi. Mm. I want to thank you. Okay? For, yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is awesome that you want to talk about this. Well, it's, uh, it's amazing. And I, I want to uh, play the trailer for people mm-hmm. to see it. Okay. And cool. then we'll talk a little bit about it. Is that cool? Okay. All right, here we go. Mikshi, can you help us? Stand by to launch the Hey You! And I'm talking to my hairbrush. Retract! I was really hoping to just stay home and read a book today. Look out, Mikshi! Giant corn! I picked the wrong day to forget my prescription sunglasses. I, I love that so much. <laughs> Tell us about how this idea came about and and how it developed. Um, so Lindsay and I were in the UK in the year 2015, which seems like a million years ago. <laughs> um, and we were making classic episodes of Thunderbirds for ITV's mm-hmm. 50th anniversary of that show. And some of the puppets yep. are still... Yeah, over That's there. Awesome. We kept some of them after the, the, the shoot. But that was a, nice. a really cool... Um, experience and we worked with um, some people who'd worked on the original show in the 60s and we worked on some like real industry veterans one particular friend I have to call out who's unfortunately no longer with us Richard Gregory who we got to spend so much time with on set I mean among his many accomplishments he was one of the lead people who built the tumbler for the Dark Knight movies so he and he was very proud of that with good reason (laughs) so some days he'd come home from work and he would just say let's let me show you a video of Jay Leno driving it or something. But he, he, <laughs> taught us, he taught us so much about, you know, kind of how to like everything from building puppets and painting them to like, you know, building sets and all this kind of stuff. And it gave us kind of this confidence. I mean, I was one of the leads on the on, on the Thunderbirds project, but we didn't kind of expect that we were going to get this kind of crash course and how to 
build stuff. And, you know, I was there as a director and a producer and, um, and Lindsay and I were both puppeteers on it, but we came back to Canada with all these extra skills that we hadn't had before we went there. And we thought it really would be a shame if this, you know, we didn't get to use them for something. So, you know, I'd been a, a VFX artist professionally for about 10 years at that point. And Lindsay was working uh, at a publishing company as a publicist. And we both said, well, what if we, what if we just try to make a show? And we'd had this idea for this Meek Sheep thing, which was kind of a corruption of Meek Sheep. We said, Baba Meek Sheep, have you any confidence? No, sir. No, sir. I have no confidence. <laughs> we were like, well, that's kind of funny. So what if she's like a, a shy sheep inventor and she has these kind of crazy adventures and it's all done with kind of slightly Jim Henson-y style puppets, but then all the model work is kind of more like Thunderbirds-y. And right. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's what we started doing. And then we um, partnered with a production company in Canada called Shaftesbury, which is probably best known for making Murdoch mysteries. And then we got a broadcaster, which is TVO Kids, which is an educational broadcaster in Canada. And, um, and so we started by making these shorts by ourselves and then ended up making a season uh, with TVO and with Shaftesbury, which is a educational kids show but um obviously without losing the dna of you know gadgets and rockets taking off and all the stuff that we like um which is yeah, <laughs> right the fun stuff yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, that's what i love about it is like like you said it's the the thunderbird style miniatures and not necessarily their style but you know that more realistic miniatures and miniatures and and, and models like you see in thunderbirds but with that sort of like you said hensony hand and rod puppet style puppets like you'd see on a regular kids show um you know any, anywhere in the world but it, it's yeah. just bringing those things together i just love yeah oh thank you it, it was a really fun project and we had a really great crew um you know it, it was a you know the budget was it's a canadian kids show budget so like <laughs> we but everybody put every you know the, the they threw the kitchen sink in everything in the kitchen sink in and you know people <laughs> everyone wanted it to be as good as it could possibly be. And I think you can see that it's like, we had a little art department and they were building miniature bridges and miniature vehicles. And, you know, we had this, it was just kind of a, a wonderful time and everybody um, really, you know, we're really, we're, we're proud of the work they did. And actually recently yeah. Lindsay um, won an award for the writing of the 10th episode, which I think is the best one, the, the very final episode of the first season which is kind of a big action piece and um, just kind of everything we want to do. Cause Mikshi gets stranded in space and they have to kind of rescue her as she's kind of plummeting back down towards earth. And that one, uh, it was just a few, was it a month ago or something that we, we went to this, um, this showcase for um, women in film and television in Toronto. And Mikshi was next to all this, like these really beautifully made, um, films and TV episodes, and uh, and our episode was in there with all this other stuff. And Lindsay won the award for best writing there, and it was just wow, just kind of that very is amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I was very proud of her for that. Yeah, wow, yeah, absolutely. So that's great. Before we let you go, tell us a little bit quickly about Gazelle and how you how you got it started. Um, yeah, it was it was again like that was kind of part and parcel with the Mikshi thing is that we set up this company to continue using our skills and puppets and models and um and we do animation as well i mean i have a background in animation which is i guess how that star trek thing happened but we um and we're still doing puppet series we're doing a puppet series right now for the kingston symphony which is a, a symphony orchestra here Ooh. um and which was it's all about like teaching kids about the different instruments in an orchestra oh, that's um, amazing which, awesome. yeah I, nice. we were really it's a fun project and um 
and then we're also uh we've got our own kind of sci-fi like we don't just do kid stuff i think it was kind of interesting that the meek sheep project was never envisioned as a kid show but i think because it's puppets the the broadcaster and our partner like it kind of got skewed younger and younger yeah, but we yeah. obviously right. very interested in doing stuff for um not just kid audiences so we've got this new project that we're working on called space bow it's b-a-o and it's yep. about an intergalactic um food delivery service like foodora in space <laughs> and um and it's kind of done with like a lot of mecca i'm kind of thinking like japanese trains like you know the metro in in, in tokyo and like what that yeah. looks like mixed with um they're they're kind of like star fox looking characters like they're kind of anthropomorphic mm -hmm. animals um okay. so that's the thing that we're working on right now and that's just kind of our own project that we're very excited about as well so that that's awesome. hopefully We'll have it. We're, we're, we're making a little short to start with, kind of like what we did with Meekshi. Yeah. yeah. So folks who are interested in checking out Meekshi can find it, more information about it at gazelleautomations.com, but all the episodes are available on meekshi.com. That's right. Meekshi has also, her own website. She does. She does. And if you're in <laughs> Canada, it's streaming on TVO Kids. So you mm -hmm. go to tvokids.com and you can stream it here in Canada. But anywhere else in the world, it's meekshi.com, just like you said. Yeah. It's kind of wild. This uh, just looking at it took me back because I don't know how many people remember, but I go way back to the days of Kukla Fran and Ollie. Oh and, man, and Lamb Chop, and so just seeing that brings back a whole bunch of Saturday morning memories for me. Well, that's cool. Um, Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis is obviously a big influence on us, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, Lindsay's particularly. I mean, we both we, we watched Lamb Chop's play along when we were kids. We, mm -hmm. He's frozen. Uh, oh, there sorry. Back. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying. I was just saying, Keith, that yeah, like Lamb Chop and Sherry Lewis has had a big impact on us. And, I bet. Yeah. yeah. We watched that tons when we were when we were um, kids. Okay, so I, I hear your alarm going off. So <laughs> we know our time is up. But super quick. I didn't mean to have that on. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> we get the hint. We get the. At hint. least you didn't have a video countdown that came up. Right. <laughs> But super quick, when are you going to do an animated DS9? I, oh. I would love I would love to do that, and many people have asked. And uh, Deep Space Nine is oh, we kind of lost. frozen. Again. Show. You know, yeah. I yeah, people yeah. ask me who my favorite captain is. It might be Cisco. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> you know, uh, get in any uh, kind of uh, no. Yeah, yeah. I know. Captain the favorite shows. But maybe my favorite show is Deep Space Nine. So I you won't you won't have any debates here if you say no. that. <laughs> I, I would I would love to do one. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've gotten quite busy. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Like you know, as a puppet company, I, I'm so grateful that we've got work until like the end of this year and into next year, and um, nice. it's super exciting with all the stuff that we're doing. But but I would love to do uh, a Deep Space Nine one. I would love to do more of these. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so I'm not saying no. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. hopefully yes. And um, right. And maybe I've already got ideas. Actually, I do have an idea. If we did do a D Space Nine one, which episode it would be? I already know which one it would be. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, Justin, thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking to us about Trek and all your other projects. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you guys. Thank this you. has been super fun. And uh um, appreciate it. Yeah, and just keep on geeking and puppeting and like this is just <laughs> it's great. It's great to meet uh, fellow like minded um fun people. So thank you. This has been thank really you. fun. Take yeah. care, buddy. We really Take appreciate care. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And give Talk Lindsay our love. Yeah, we'll Bye. do. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.
<laughs> oh man, that was, that was really right. cool, Alan. That was a nice little so thirty-minute awesome. discussion. Wow, yeah, good, good pool. Man, I yep. wish we could have gone longer because there's yeah. so much to talk about. Okay, yeah. you guys have brought in some people. I gotta go find somebody. I, I don't want to well, get like, on it, buddy. <laughs> look, I don't want to know like one of those weird uh, comedies where you're, there's somebody tied up in a chair and I'm like, hey guys, look who I got to this <laughs> interview. You know, one of those weird bad comedy movies when they kidnap somebody. <laughs> I got to find you know, somebody. Like National Lampoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, we have another one of these shows tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Chuck, you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, tomorrow night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be responding to all the news that's been coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. Oh, boy. And we planned this before the Comic-Con happened, so we were really thrilled yesterday when there was actually things to talk about. <laughs> We've got <laughs> so much to talk about now. It went from, I hope we have enough material to, uh, how do we get this done in an hour? Because Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm getting texts from my friends. Like I at, <laughs> at 7 30 this morning, a friend will go, Hey, did you hear what William Shatner said at Comic Con? Did you hear that? So I got a text about that. And then there was a thing I saw about Deep Space Nine, Cisco. Is there something happening? So you're right. It's just coming uh left yeah. and right. I sure wish I had Facebook. <laughs> so um during our interview with Justin, we got uh, I, I wasn't really planning on taking comments or questions because we had such a limited time, but mm-hmm. one Facebook user did chime in to say, good morning, everyone from Sydney, Australia. Hey, wow. yeah. he's, he's already on tomorrow. Right. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Yeah. Thank you so much for chiming in all the way from Australia. That is amazing. Absolutely. And I yep. hope you enjoyed the interview. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see you at our live stream um, tomorrow. Well, whatever. Day after tomorrow. For... I don't know. <laughs> well, tomorrow I'll feel for that person. Yeah. Temporal yeah. mechanics, man. <laughs> you may be watching us now. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. We we also have uh, on Thursday, we have a friend of mine uh, named Clarence Brown who runs a podcast called Discussing Trek. So we are going to be discussing Trek with him live Thursday evening at 8 p.m. So we've got two more live shows coming up this week. And then then one after that is going to be our yeah. 80th. So yeah. we got a lot of cool stuff happening. Yeah. 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 We, have, we have another cool guest set up for uh, I'm hoping next week. It's not locked oh, yeah. in yet for sure. So I don't want to spoil it. But this is someone who's yeah. for Star Trek goes back to the original series. So yeah. I'm really excited about it um about about speaking with her and she's she's happy to come on but i just want to make sure i have the date locked down before i announce anything so we'll save some announcements for later but uh yeah our plan to take it easy in the summer is <laughs> not working out <laughs> it's been blowing up cranking out episodes <laughs> star okay. trek may be on a break but podcasters never break that's yeah. right <laughs> i keep trying to get back to talk about the prime directive we can have this other good stuff in front of it to talk about yeah right. i know <laughs> we should do that sometime We'll get it. It's it's on the docket. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's, I guess, it for us today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Alan, where where can we find more of you? I have another podcast other than this one. And it is called, uh, no, I was going to say, and it is called Earth Station Trek. But no, it is is actually called Modern Musicology. Mm -hmm. And we are recording our next episode in about 90 minutes. So, Awesome. Oh. It'll be out Monday or Tuesday. Nice. And how about you, Keith? 
You can find me on the standard social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, primarily Earth Station Trek Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And how about us, Veronica? Beltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. Yep. And our next episode up, we're talking to Ron McNeil of the Fab Four. And he was huh. great and very generous with his time and really fascinating to talk to. And he's gave us a lot of information about some projects he's got coming up. Yeah. Um, but God, that's then also felt nerdy's just going crazy right now. We're working on, we're about to shoot a music video. We've got some shows lined up at a children's theater. We've got four wow. dragon con shows. So we'll talk more about those things later, but um, yeah, follow felt nerdy on social media if you can, and we'll have updates coming there as well. And do you have a closing for us this week, Pranika? It's like, she's always surprised <laughs> that you ask her. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> 79 times in a row he's asking this. <laughs> <laughs> Again? Oh, I love it. <laughs> wow. Oh. I was trying to think of a quote from, from one of the episodes about my, my brain. You guys are like original Saturday Night Live skit. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Phillips says, thanks for the interview. That was cool. Thank you so hey. much for watching, Michael. We hey, enjoyed Mike. it too. Hey, Michael, yeah. Yeah. Such a super nice guy. I agree. And like Alan said, I wish we could have gone further because uh, there was so much to talk about with the animation. And I didn't get to ask him yeah. one question because he said he was watching all the shows in star date order. And I didn't yeah. get to ask him, is every single track that's ever been created have a star date? Not on screen, no. Yeah, so there's, and there's a lot of DS9 ones that they never say a star date. Absolutely. So but you wow, can kind a... of extrapolate, you know. You yeah. Kinda... Yeah, the original yeah. series would be all over the place. That's the story. <laughs> no kidding. You're jumping between seasons, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That, that reminded me of something I was going to say, but now I don't remember. So whatever. Anyway. Okay. So take care, everybody. Have a mm -hmm. great night. We will see you hopefully tomorrow night, Monday. July 25th at 9 p.m., where we're going to be talking about all of the big announcements that came out of San Diego Comic Con this weekend. Yes. So we'll see you then. Have yeah. a great night <laughs> and keep trekking on. Later. <laughs> that was dumb. I'm never saying that again. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.